Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast for Amazon sellers. It's Kirsty and Isaac here. And in today's episode, we wanted to get pretty specific for you existing sellers out there. If you've got more than five products launched on Amazon and have less than 20,000 in profit per month and 10,000 back in your pocket, so income, then chances are you're overcomplicating your business and leaving lots of money and probably time on the table. Because most folks have been told that if their business is not bringing them what they want right now, they need to grow by doing more, launching more products and variations, launching more marketplaces, getting more keywords, do more ad campaigns, add an off Amazon traffic component, get influencers to promote their products, get the latest sales hack, build a team in the Philippines. And I'm sure there are many more. But the problem with that is that you end up just spinning a bunch of plates, not really knowing what's working and something eventually fails or falls down, right? Does that sound like your current situation? Because we talked to many sellers and that's kind of what they re reply to us with. If so, I would definitely recommend you stick around for the rest of this episode that you can understand the top things you need to change about your business so you can do more with less and turn your cash and time eating monster into the freedom business that you wanted to create in the first place. Yeah, that's right. Now that might seem like a pipe dream for some people right now, because usually, and we've talked about this before, right? Where People enter the business with this, what we call uninformed optimism. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to crack through it. And they've seen all these successful people. But those guys are successful for a reason, right? Generally, it is because they, you know, take the time to understand their business model, their metrics, their goals. And it's not just launch a bunch of products and hope that something sticks, right? So it's definitely not a pipe dream. But our philosophy and what we really help people with is to simplify their business and get more from what they already have. So generally, if, you, if you're sat there right now, you've got more than five products, as Isaac said, and you're not getting those metrics, you're not getting the 10K income per month, which is usually a really great goal that people want, then you definitely will be overcomplicating over the business. And that's what we're going to go through today, right? So we're all about simplifying the business, get more from what you've already got versus trying to add more onto your plate. Because adding more on top of what's not already working, it really just means that you're building a business on a house of cards. So that's why we're, we always like to focus on the metrics of the business, the planning of it, and not just have the money as the goal, but what's the lifestyle goal that you want to achieve? Because if you don't have that, you can end up building a Frankenstein monster that you never wanted to create. Right? That's when we feel like we're overwhelmed. We've got to work, you know, 20 hours a day and um, nothing's, nothing's moving forward. So... I like this analogy. This is like one of my uh, my uh, mentors actually said this to me the other day. He said, it's like jumping into a jungle with machete, right? You're, you're in there, you want it to work, you're slashing your way through, making it to the top of the mountain and realize it was the wrong jungle. So you're like, oops, <laughs> I really shouldn't have spent all my time and effort and money on that, right? So like we said, if you've got more than five products and that includes variations and you're not getting back at least $10,000 clean back in your bank account every month or $20,000 profit every month, or at least 1.2 million revenue a year, and you're spending more than two hours a day on your business, then chances are you've got many cash and time and energy leaks in the business. And that can be plugged by implementing the things that we're going to talk about today. So things like being clear on your income goal. So that's the money back in your pocket and what it's going to do for you and your life. Also, the next step would be then to choose the products that are going to meet the income financial goal. 
Then launching variations is not new product development. Okay, so we're going to go in a little bit more depth about that. Also, the benchmarks and the strategies for conversion first and then traffic. How to become an on Amazon master marketer and not an off Amazon shiny object chaser. And also spend the time and energy on the high impact activities for the biggest leverage for you and your business, because at the end of the day, most of us are sole operators, especially getting to that first million dollars in the business in revenue. Yeah. And that kind of brings us to that first topic of being clear on your goals, because without a goal, you're not going to have anything to shoot for. And you'll have no idea what you actually wanted to accomplish in the first place. So what we always tell people to do is we want you to write down exactly what you want this business to achieve for you. So what are your income goals and what it will basically do for you in your life? Meaning, if you had $5,000 in, in income a month from the business, what could you do with that? It's not just about making the money. It's about how you can live your life based on the income you make from the money. So what we always talk about is developing a SMART goal. As an example, we just like to use getting to happiness as a way to do this. So we talk about, you know, hey, you know, the kind of ideal income is somewhere between seventy dollars and $100,000. So if you're looking at, you know, five to maybe eight or eight and a half thousand dollars a month that you're looking to get an income, you can basically, you know, start from there. So if we just want to make it a nice round number, we can say, look at $10,000 as an income goal, right? So that's what we're going to kind of talk about. And then that way you can say, okay, look, you know, I can get time, freedom, and energy from this business that's that I don't get from my day job, right? So if you said, okay, look, I'm going to get $10,000 in income per month, all you have to do is kind of reverse engineer that. So let's say, basically, if you want $10,000 a month in income, you just time that times that by 10, and that's your revenue goal. And the reason why we do that is because if you operate at a 20% profit for your business, which we kind of say that's kind of the goal. And that's kind of where we want you to operate at because your products are probably going to be over 30%. But after ads and maybe some business expenses, you're probably down to 20 or maybe 18% somewhere in there. But let's just say for nice round numbers, you're at 20% profit. So if you're at $100,000, your business is generating $20,000 in profit. Now, pretty much at that level, you can take about 50% in income. Now, if you start to get much bigger, you might start having to take a little bit lower percentage for your income, but the number might stay the same. So let's just say you can take half of the income from that profit. So half of 20,000 is $10,000. And that's why we say you just take your income goal and times it by 10. So that way, you know what your revenue goal is. So if you're actually at $100,000 per month and you're not making $10,000 of income and you're not paying yourself $10,000 in income every month, you're either probably growing too fast, you're doing things that aren't generating profit and income for yourself, or you're kind of just out there spinning your wheels and you have no idea exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Because a lot of times people will pick products that either cost way too much in ads or marketing or whatever, or they just don't have the profitability once they start putting the product on the market because they didn't never even looked at, you know, how do you launch these products, what it could cost, all that stuff, right? It's just, they looked, hey, you know, if, if I take out Amazon fees, here's my leftover profit. Well, that's not the only thing that you're going to spend the money on. So you need to kind of plan that all out. So that's one of the big reasons why people don't get the profit is because they pick products based on a you know, profit margin that wasn't actually going to be correct for their business once the ads and other things kind of came in. So if you just take that and say, look, I want to hit $10,000 a month, I need to get 100000 Or if you want half that for $5,000, i am going to hit $50,000 in revenue to take $5,000 in income. That's kind of the goal. And then you set that for yourself. And then you start picking products to actually help you get there. Yeah. 
That's right. So um, by doing that, what that allows you to do is to then, if you've already got products that you know you're selling, so like we said, if you've got more than five products, you want to be able to kind of look at those products and say how many of those are getting you close to that goal, right? So if you're nowhere near it, usually there's problems within the profitability or there's problems um, not just with the profitability after Amazon FBA fees, but usually there's some uh, profitability issues when it comes to the actual uh, marketing of the products as well, right? Because the way that we want to launch products, we have to spend money. You can't just put a product on Amazon and hope that someone's going to find it. So we have to spend money on the listings. We also have to spend money on advertising. We have to spend money on keywords. I mean, that's the that's really the key piece to getting organic ranking and also sales, especially when you first launch on Amazon. So you need to be aware of all those costs before you even put any money down. And that's where we, we see a lot of problems coming into play is that people have all these products that they've launched because they think they're going to hit a sales target but the profit target is never going to be met because of the way that you need to market the product to actually um, get the sales in the first place. So there's a real mismatch there of uh, the, you know, it, it's not having that foresight, which why would you have that foresight if you didn't know that in the first place, mm-hmm. but not really understanding the numbers behind the products. So that's what we really fo- want you guys to focus on is reverse engineering your products to meet the goal that Isaac just talked about there. So When you're researching products, we don't only just want to research it, as we said, for the money. Number one, we also want to research it for time and energy abundance. That's what I'm going to call it. It sounds a bit woo-woo. But basically, we don't want to be launching a bunch of products, chuck stuff out there, and hope that something sticks, right? That's going to leak not only money, but it's going to leak your time. Because how many products are you going to have to research? It's all in terms of sourcing, how many products are you going to have to source? How many manufacturers are you going to have to talk to? How many sourcing agents are you going to have to work with? And also the fact that um, there's you're going to have to create lots and lots of different what we call marketing assets, like who is the ideal person that you're actually going to speak to? Because um, unless if you're using like one brand, right? So you're going to create all these different things across all these different products that are only going to bring you a very small amount. So first of all, we always want to be thinking about time and energy. Where am I going to spend my time and where am I going to spend my energy? And then where am I going to get the cash from? So we like to launch products underneath one brand, one ideal client and build out from there. That's the first thing that you should be thinking of. Then when it comes to the money, so for cash and risk abundance, if you like, not abundance of risk, but like lowering your risk, we like to find products that bring in at least $3,000 profit per month. And we make sure that we have at least 25% margin after Amazon sponsored ads. So that means, yes, as Isaac mentioned earlier, you should calculate how much your main keywords are going to cost you before you even launch a product. That's the way that you're going to really understand, can I even afford to launch this product? Can I even afford to keep the ongoing sales going? That's where many people get caught out because you might look at your profit metrics. Uh, The way to launch products, as I said, is to rank for keywords that people actually buy on. And then when people launch, they found out quickly that they couldn't afford to rank on it. So you can never make a profit and you can't even get the sales that you want because you can't afford to get to buy those sales, right? So really making that shift is going to help you guys out there that have already got those products. So just looking at those metrics, looking at your main keywords, you know now with your current products, what your main keywords are and how much it's going to cost you to get the volume that you need to get to. If you can't afford those keywords, then go down to the next level 
and say, well, can I afford the next keywords? But then what's the impact going to be on my sales goal? And that's one of the key ways that you can, you know, easily start to figure out which of the products are worth keeping and which of the products, you know what, I should probably just sell through these because I'm never going to create the income that I want for myself um, by keeping spending money on these products, right? So that's like a big, it's, um, it's, you know, we've said that in a few words, but it's one of the core strategies that we do when people come in and, and they start to work with us when they've got a bunch of products is number one, which ones are working the best right now and which ones have the potential to work the best based on the budget that you've currently got. And then I think the biggest second thing when it comes to product and product proliferation, if you like, is variations. So how many, I, I would say 95% of people that have an existing business that's not working, have launched a bunch of variations. How, what would you reckon, Isaac? I would, yeah, that'd be very high for sure. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know why this is. Well, and this is not to take anything away from, from this strategy in terms of why you would think this, because I think people think, great, I, I got a first product, it got some sales. So to minimize my risk, I'm going to launch another variation of it, another color, maybe another shape, um, usually it's another design, isn't it? A usual, you know, it's another, it, it's basically the same thing, but just an extra choice that a customer has to make, not necessarily something that they really want, right? Over and above the first product that you launched. Yeah. So the problem is we give too much choice to the customer, which then makes it more difficult for them to actually make a choice. And generally they will leave the listing and go and find, find something somewhere else. Or it would just cannibalize the, the sales that you would have got on the parent product in the first place. So Isaac has a great example of this in real world. I think probably most people have been to the Cheesecake Factory, Isaac. And if you haven't, if you've never been there, we've all been to a restaurant like this. So maybe you want to kind of share your analogy on this. Yeah. So in the, in, in the US and North America, the Cheesecake Factory basically is known for having way too many items on their menu that, you know, it's a restaurant that, you know, it's, it's American food essentially, but then they try to throw in like, you know, Italian food, Chinese food, pretty much everything that you can possibly ever want. Like they go from meatloaf to like pot stickers. It's like, nobody's good at making meatloaf and pot stickers. They're two completely different kinds of types of food. So what you go, what you go doing at, 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 at you know, cheesecake factories, you sit down, you get handed the regular menu, then you get like the specials menu. Then you get the cocktail and the happy hour menu. Pretty soon you have like more reading material than you thought you were going to have. You don't have time by the time the waiter comes back. You guys, are you ready to order? Like, have, there's no way you haven't even had time to read all the information that's, that, that they've handed out to you. So basically you end up just sitting there going either, you know what you want because you've been there before, or you just ask the waiter like, Hey, what's good here. And then they'll give you a recommendation. So basically it's the same thing with Amazon. If you give them too many choices, they're either, and, and the problem is you can't just talk to them and say, here's what you should buy, right? At Cheesecake Factory, you can actually ask. If you just give them that one choice, they're more likely just to believe you and say, this is the one that I want. Especially with color choices, most people don't really care about, you know, purple versus blue. Like they're very similar colors anyway. So if you like blue, you probably like purple. Or if you like orange, you probably like red. It's not like you should be launching tons of different variations and green and blue, very similar. You know, people like both colors. So just pick one. Ideally, it's probably going to be tied to your brand and just go with that for the start. Like you don't need to keep pouring out different, um, you know, colors sizing. Yeah. Maybe if you're doing like clothing or something like that, you have to do sizing, but that's one of the reasons why we don't suggest doing too many clothing items for your business. Yeah, exactly. So I know there's going to be a bunch of people sitting here going, yeah, but 
right? Yeah, yeah, but my customer said that they would love a pink one. Or yeah, but when I launched my pink one, I got some extra sales. Well, that could probably be true. Like, of course, the customer always says that they want something else. Yeah. But when it comes to the actual buying on your listing, plus the actual incremental profit and sales that you're going to get from that variation versus what you would get from a brand new product and the time and effort it takes, you know, to manufacture it and then get rid of it usually in the end. Yeah. The, the actual incremental does not outweigh the incremental that you would get from launching a brand new product. Yeah. We've done this with everyone that's come into the business with a variation, anybody that listened to us to do it, right? And they've grown their sales by just getting rid of their variations that don't make any sense. Yep. One of our early clients, actually, she did this. She, she had a product and it was a silicon ring, right? So a lot of CrossFitters wear it, traders, things like that, because their wedding rings dig into their hands and stuff when they're, when they're kind of working or working out. And I think she had 35 variations on one, just on one skew. And it was different sizes, different colors. And she was only doing 10 units a day across 35 variations, right? And so it took her some time to, to kind of like bite the bullet and she did it. I think we worked out she probably only needed three products in the end. And her sales doubled pretty much straight away after she took out all of those variations. And she got rid of all the, the product that she had. And it, it was kind of like an old... Um, I don't know, like an old boyfriend or something she was holding on to. But as soon as she kind of got rid of that, she was so much lighter, not only in money, obviously, as well, but her time and her worry and her energy wasn't focused on that stuff, right? And her and sales doubled. So we would highly recommend for you to do the analysis, not just only on your main products, but also on your variations. And variations is the first place to start, I would say. It ties up too much cash in your inventory, it complicates your supply chain, and it adds to those spinning plates that you've already got that that doesn't add enough for you to be able to continue using them. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're buying 2000 units of a, of a variation and you're only getting five sales a day extra, you could have got 2000 units of a brand new product and got 15 to 20 new sales, triple the impact, right? Triple quadruple the impact. So it's, it's as simple as that. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about, you know, making the most with less, right? Just because you add variations, it seems easy to do because, Oh, you just tell them a different color. And they make that thing, but you're tying up money. That's not getting you the return that you want in the end. At least, you know, you think it's going to increase sales. It might, but it's so slight or, you know, not, not enough to justify the spend. Right. So that's when we talk about creating some benchmarks and strategies for traffic and conversion, because once you actually know what products you have, then you're going to have to maximize what's what, you know, people are, are sent there. And then obviously when they're sent there, what they're actually going to, how many people are going to buy. So, Basically, when a lot of people come to us with, with you know, too many products or whatever, one of the first things we do uh, look at is, is the metrics. So we need to see which ones are converting well, which ones are you know, getting the, the traffic and, and conversion to say that this is actually going to be a viable product. And most have the potential for income and profit wise, you know, and then we need to just look at where's the low hanging fruit. Do you have 8% conversion on a product that's getting 100 sessions a day? All right, well, then let's just fix the, the conversion factor of that. Let's go in there and look at our unit sessions percent. If it's under 20%, you know, like it's eight or nine or 10, then basically you need to optimize the listing. And we'll talk about that in just a second. And if your sessions are low, you know, then that's probably because you might not have a good main image or something like that. And we'll talk about that as well. So when we look at the conversion rate, this is probably the quickest way to get more out of your business. This is like, 
you know, getting, getting that, what is that, that sticky tape or whatever that they sell on, uh, on, on those infomercials that they just like put it on a rain okay. gutter or like put it on the bottom <laughs> of a boat. And all of a sudden now you can float the boat, even though it's got a giant hole in it, flex seal or something like that. Yeah. That's pretty much, this is like the flex seal of your business. So basically what you want to do is you want to look at the, the listing and then basically you're going to know right away if you're like less than 20%, and this is for products probably under $40. If you're at, at you know, 50 bucks and you're at 10, 12%, that might be kind of what you get because at certain price points, you're going to start to get lower conversions, but anything under $40, you should probably be able to get 20% or higher. And so you have to look at this and say, is my listing actually speaking to the ideal client? Is it actually talking to the benefits that they receive? Is it going to talk about how I can solve their problems? And I've actually had people say, you know what, my product doesn't solve a problem. So how can I write a good listing? I'm like, every single product solves a problem. That's why somebody's buying it to fix something about their life to actually make it better. It doesn't matter if it's like time or convenience or whatever. There is an issue that they're then buying that product for. This is how business works. You've got the solution. They've got the money. That exchange is business. So what we want to do is we want to follow these steps. So to optimize your listing, ask yourself these questions. Number one, who's most likely to use your product? And notice I said use, not buy. Anybody can buy your product for anybody, anybody else. And we know how gifts work because in quarter four, gifts go crazy, right? For example, I sell an ice scraper. I don't say, hey, go buy this ice scraper for your friend because it's a great gift. I think it's actually a terrible gift to buy an ice scraper for a friend. That's kind of like saying you don't really care about them at all. Like you're buying them, you know, an ice scraper. That's kind of, that's like stocking their stuffing or stuffing their stocking with coal right there. But what I do say in my listing is how effective this ice scraper is. Like, hey, it works really well. It cleans this, the windscreen or windshield very easily. You'll stop freezing your butt because, you know, you're going to get done with the, the windshield faster and you get back in your house or back in the car where it's warm. So that's kind of the benefits I'm talking about. The real world applications of having either no ice scraper or a bad ice scraper is that you spend too much time out in the cold and you don't want to do that, right? So that's the problem that my ice scraper is solving. So that's what I talk about in the listing. So, you know, that's who I'm talking to. Who's most likely to use the product? Well, it's somebody who's going to be scraping a windshield. And in my, in my case, I actually kind of gear it towards men because my, my brand was done that way. Then I would say, why do they want to use the product? Well, they want to use the product. So again, they stop freezing their butt off. So then I'm going to talk to them about that. How does it make them feel to use your product? They're going to be a lot happier because they're going to not be so cold for so long, right? What problem am I trying to solve with the product? So just to kind of list these out because I might've just been going over them without saying which the questions are. Who's most likely to use your product is number one. Why do they want to use your product is number two. How does it make them feel to use your product is number three. Number four, what problem are you trying to solve with your product? And again, I'm trying to solve scraping the ice off your windshield in that instance. And you know, it's, it seems like a small problem, but it is a problem that people in cold weather climates have on a daily basis when they go out to their car, especially if they're working and you have to drive to work. And then uh, number, what is this? Number five, how do they feel when that problem is solved? Happier, less inconvenienced, right? Less cold. So we can talk about that in the listing. And then ideally, how much are they really willing to spend for this? So that's kind of like question number six, you got to ask yourself. So ask yourself these questions. Would a person legitimately be willing to spend $30 on an ice scraper? Probably not. I mean, I know I wouldn't, and I've used ice scrapers for years. I don't use it so much now in Las Vegas, but I did when I was growing up. I would spend, you know, 10, 15 bucks on an ice scraper. That's kind of the, 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 you know, margin for what I'd be willing to shell out on Amazon or anywhere to get an ice scraper. So 
ask yourself those questions, write them down, or literally ask them in a mirror and record what you're saying, and then write down the highlights from that. What you're going to find out is all those reasons that you put there are the reasons you should be putting in your listing to get better conversion. Because once you start talking about the customer and not about yourself, or if you start talking about the product and how it will help the customer, then your conversion will actually increase time and time again. It'll go from 8% to 20% or you know 10% to 25%. And then guess what? You just doubled the amount of money you made for that product. So if you were at $10,000 a month on that product and you went from eight to 16%, now you're at $20,000 a month in that product. And it's that simple. So like I said, it's the flex seal for your business. Then it's time to fix your traffic and convert or the, the sessions and traffic part. And the benchmark here is we want to try to get to 50 sessions a day. Now, kind of right now in the summer of 2021, there's a bit of a lull from last year because last year was COVID. It was awesome. Like everybody got like a boost in sales because there were so many more people buying from home. So if it doesn't hit 50 every single day for every single month of the year, that's okay. But the benchmark here we're talking about is 50 sessions a day. And ideally, if you can get over 100 sessions a day, that's when you know you can really make some money. Because if you're at 100 sessions a day and you get 20% conversion, well, then you know you're at 20 sales every single day. That's kind of the goal, right? We'd like to get to 20 sales a day. So there's some key ways to do this. And the first one is to get a great main image that stands out from the crowd. So what we actually do is we, we kind of, snips or take a screenshot of page one search results from Amazon for our main keyword, and then look at all the competitors and what their images look like. Chances are, and this is like 90% of the categories and in, in, in keyword results out there, most of the competitors look very similar. If you think about it, they're like a, a very neutral color, like black, gray, white, brown, something like that. And nobody really tries to stand out in any way other than just like maybe, you know, putting like a ribbon on it which doesn't really ever help get sales, or they'll put like a little blurb that says like two pack or something. Cool. That doesn't really help you stand out. What really does help you stand out is having a product or packaging in the image. That's a different color. That right there is one of the best ways to stand out. So for example, me and Kirsty, or Kirsty and I, I should say, we are very uh, well known for our products because in our space, people would always do like blue or gray or black. And we would just say, well, I'm gonna do a red product. And all of a sudden that stands really far out on page one and you could see that thing. And then of course, competitors copy it. And then you kind of have to change your strategy after that. But you just find those little things like that, that actually help you stand out that generates sessions. Now, obviously there's going to be things like price as well. So if you're trying to sell for $10 more than the main competitor, you're not setting yourself up for success. You're setting yourself up for profitability, but chances are you're probably going to get very few sales a day. So if you actually have a competitive pricing and know this from the start and actually pick products and get the cost of goods and all that stuff down, then you'll know that, you know, you'll be able to get clicks because people will say, okay, that image stands out. Plus it's got a great price. And obviously later on down the line, you're going to want to get keywords or uh, sorry, ranking or sorry, reviews and ratings. That's the word I'm looking for. And then obviously once you have a decent review and rating, you know, on the product, say you got 50, 50 reviews and a four, four, seven rating then you're going to start getting clicks all the time because you have enough reviews and enough a high enough rating and you have a great image and great pricing. There's no reason for people not to at least click on you. That's when that job of that conversion comes in. And then obviously once you get those, those clicks, you then have to just convert them by talking about their problems and how you solve them, right? So in Amazon's eye, I, want to, I kind of want to separate this because people always think, well, I need to stuff my listing with keywords. And in Amazon's eye, yeah, you kind of have to have those relevant keywords all over your listing, right? But you don't just do it at the cost of making sense. So like, you don't go in there and say like, 
hey, this is great for camping, hiking, backyard, beach, whatever. I, I used to always say there was a joke. I'd say everything's take, you just take everything to the beach because everybody puts that in the listing. Oh, great for the beach. So it's like, take it to the beach. Uh, but that's not how you write a listing because nobody wants to hear just all the places that you can take it, right? They want to talk about like where, why you use it, how it helps with the problem. And then they'll naturally just kind of figure out, hey, I can actually take this somewhere else. Or you can just have pictures in the listing that shows it in different places. You don't actually have to write that all over your listing. In the back end, where you have your search terms and stuff like that, sure, you can write beach, mountain, hiking, camping, whatever you want in there. But on the, on the listing, you want it to make sense. You don't want to just keyword stuff everything. So then that kind of helps, obviously, with your sponsored ads as well. Have those relevant keywords in your sponsored ads. Otherwise, you know, if you put beach, camping, hiking, everything like that, you're probably going to have a lot of wasted spend because your product's not ideally used for all those situations. It's ideally used for one or two situations, most likely. And that's what you need to focus on. And that's why we talk about knowing your ideal client, how they're using their product, why they want to use it, how they feel when they use it, all that stuff. And those keywords will actually permeate through your sponsored ads as well. And you'll actually stop spending so much to get that traffic that you really want. Yeah, I think um, when I, you know, when we speak to people and they're kind of in the situation where, uh, like somebody said to me the, the other week, um, yeah, what I do, I, I just said, just give me a day in your life, right? And so he goes, okay, I get up, I look at my products and then I, I'm, you know, look at my metrics. Basically, he sells data and goes, oh, I haven't got any sales again. I haven't got the sales that I want. So what they do is they go back onto, you know, Amazon, look at the competition. And then they're like, well, what are they doing differently? Oh, they've got that keyword. They've got this keyword. And it's, okay, well, let's stuff some more keywords in because that is what conversion is. So I think a lot of people think that it's about the keywords. It's about the mechanics of Amazon. But this is just a store like everywhere else. And it's great that there, there are some kind of, I won't call it a trick, but there are some kind of ways to, to uh, work with the algorithm. Let's say that, right? In terms of, yeah, people are searching for these, these keywords, which means that they're going to buy on those keywords. But that's not what it's all about. That is the foundation. But then how do you make it attractive to the ideal client? And that is what's really going to drive the conversion. And I think that's the piece that where people just miss it for some reason. Whereas I think we've just thought that's, yeah, of course, the, that everybody's doing it. But maybe just take a di different frame of mind. It's Of course, it's about keywords, but it's about what are the most relevant keywords to the ideal client, like Isaac just described, but then create the listing as though it's almost like a magazine ad for the for the product that you're trying to um, they're trying to communicate to the customer and solve their problems. Yeah, because in the end of the day, Amazon's not the one buying your product, right? It's a human being. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> back in the day, and that's why Google changed all their stuff to be more content driven as opposed to keyword stuffing because it didn't make sense for the person who's reading it. They're just like, okay, well, I kind of came onto this article, but it's not a real article. It's just a bunch of keywords on a page selling me something yeah. like giving me an ad to sell something yeah. and it worked in terms of getting eyeballs but in terms of the experience for the customer it didn't work at all right yeah and i remember that seo shift back in i think it was like 2014 or something or 2012 they called it like penguin or panda it was like the, the change in google yeah. and every internet marketer hated it because they're like oh we can't just stuff every single keyword in our title and get all the traffic that we want anymore now we actually have to write what human beings want to read. And it's like, yeah, well, that's what you probably should have been doing anyway. But yeah, because the algorithm was messed up on Google, uh, you you could get away with cheating it. And now you can't. And just like that, Amazon doesn't really care how many keywords you have. 
you have to be relevant and converting for them as well. Yeah, exactly. So I think for if people are sat there going, yeah, but I did my listing. I think it talks to my ideal client. Um, it's always good to just go back with the new lens because when you first do a listing versus six months down the track, you're in a completely different headspace. You're in a completely different spot as well in terms of your business, understanding a bit more about who the person is that you want to actually attract. So just because you did it once, it doesn't mean to say that you shouldn't keep going back and reviewing it. It's one of those core things that you should be doing every month or every every quarter, right? So that's really the bulk of what we should be doing as an Amazon business owner is not just go out there and launch a bunch of products, right? We want great products that are going to bring us at least $3,000 profit per month and a 25% margin after advertising. We want to have awesome benchmarks um, and conversion metrics at at least 20% and above. Once we start to kind of get that 20%, we still, we know we can get more than that. So you can keep going and going. And then your traffic benchmark is at least 50 sessions a day and ideally over a hundred sessions a day, right? Generally, I'm going to talk about next is people have nowhere nearly reached these benchmarks. They've launched a bunch of products nowhere reached the sessions and conversion benchmarks. So what they do is they decide to come off Amazon because Amazon's not working in their their mind. So it must be because I need to drive traffic off Amazon. And so we call this, you know, becoming an off Amazon shiny object chaser because there's so many different ways you can drive people to have a look at something on Amazon. But if you haven't mastered the people on Amazon, why do you think it would be any easier to get people off Amazon, right? Number one, people are on Amazon shopping. It's like saying, okay, I'm going to do some advertising on a train to get someone to go into Walmart to buy my product. Because at the end of the day, if you only sell your product in Walmart, would it make more sense to have a bunch of advertising inside Walmart, inside that Walmart store, so that people, when they're shopping, you're like a beacon to go down the aisle and actually pick that product. If you just do a, you know, a random ad on a train somewhere where someone's might be just kind of hanging out and thinking about shopping at some point, it's not targeted enough. So by, if you haven't fully mastered your business right now on Amazon and you don't feel like you've mastered Amazon PPC, you don't feel like you're listing conversions, you haven't got your hundred sessions a day, you're not over 20% conversion, Don't even think about going off Amazon, right? So um, it's another massive big plate that people put onto their business. And it's not just one plate because what people tend to do is not stick to one strategy off Amazon, right? It's about, okay, well, maybe I should do many chat. That's the new thing. Maybe I should do Facebook ads. Maybe I should do Facebook groups. Oh, maybe I should do Facebook events. Maybe I should do Instagram. Maybe I should do Instagram stories you know, um, I need 10,000 followers to to even make Instagram work. Oh, Pinterest, that's still going, right? So maybe I should do Pinterest. And then all of a sudden, and YouTube, of course, as well, and and all this other stuff. All of a sudden, you've just added 20 more plates that's going to cost you more than it would cost you just trying to figure out the stuff on Amazon, each plate, right? Plus the time and the energy like we talked about before, right? Now, we're not saying that those strategies don't work on some level. But what we're saying is, again, if you've got more than five products and you're not getting at least $10,000 profit back into your business and you're chasing these shiny objects, it's not the way to go, right? Um, You still need to be focused on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, 
that's kind of exactly where we want to go. Cause you know, we talked about this in our CEO series is that basically if you want to achieve the lifestyle part of your business and not just being like a slave to the business, working eight hours, 10 hours a day, trying to get the business working, then you actually have to fa- focus and master that focus on high impact activities that will be a game changer and have high impact on growing the business, but also enjoying your business and not creating another full-time job for yourself. So I don't know who here that's listening to this podcast has got, you know, 70, 80 episodes in now and is like, oh, I really just want to be a complete slave to this business. I'm an exact opposite of Kirstie and Isaac. I just want to make tons and tons of money and work my entire day. I don't think you'd be on this podcast listening to us if that was the goal, because um, we specifically talk about not doing that over and over and over again, because what we want is to achieve happiness, achieve a lifestyle goal, right? So the idea is to get that stuff that's not adding value to your business off your plate ASAP, right? So just because you think it might be like a little tiny extra bit of sales or squeezing a little bit of extra money, think about how much time you're putting towards that. If you just put that much time towards something actually, you know, impactful for growth, you probably would have doubled or tripled your business over the last year just by doing that. So Think about this. How many hours are you really spending in your business each week on high impact growth activities, right? Not just, hey, answering stuff or, you know, going over and analyzing data and not really doing anything about it or doing too much. Like we, we see people over optimize their ads. Like they'll, they'll change stuff every single day on PPC. If you're doing that, stop that. That is not helping your business. You can't make that many changes, get enough data to make decisions and do the right thing. That's essentially like saying, you know, hey, I want a million dollar business tomorrow, even though I've got $0 today and I want a million dollars tomorrow. That's too impatient, right? You need to figure things out by actually doing the data and like testing the data and then taking actions and then waiting a specific amount of time to actually readjust them. Then ask yourself, do you really know if your time is focused on the right things? If you don't know why you're doing something, this is a great time to take a step back and say, why the heck am I even doing this thing? Am I the person that needs to do this? Is it even needing to be done? Why am I doing this? Is the time equal to the value the business gets back? So think about this. If you do something for 20 minutes a day or an hour every single day, do you actually even give anything back to the business? Or are you just kind of trying to stop it from getting worse? Or what, what's the actual point of you doing that task, right? Then how do you manage tasks that are urgent and tasks that are important? Those are two different things. Urgent doesn't always mean important. And important doesn't always mean it needs to be done urgently. Important could be something that you focus long-term on. So this is really important that you get your sales forecast and your plan of action for the entire year. That's really important, right? But it doesn't mean it has to happen today. You might take two weeks to do that, you know, in a September or October, the year before the next year, right? So you, you need to do these things, but it doesn't mean you have to do them urgently. The urgent stuff is generally not important because anything that happens urgently, it's probably something that's it's quick to fix. If it happens fast, it's usually quick to fix or it can be fixed in like a day or two, right? So that's that's a time-bound thing that's usually happens pretty quick. So what we want you guys to start doing is thinking about how much you are worth as a CEO. And like I said, we talked about this in our CEO series, but I'll just kind of give you a quick rundown. But get a piece of paper. This is called our entrepreneurial scorecard that we like for people to try out. Get a piece of paper and draw four columns. Put $10 in one, then 100 in second, 1,000 in the third, and 10 in the fourth. Then log your activity time for this week and assign a dollar amount to each activity. So if it's, Hey, I responded to customer emails for half an hour, put $5 in that box for $10, right? Because you only did a half hour's worth of work in a $10 activity. So put $5 in there or something like that for customer service. If you just spent an hour on it or five hours on it for that week, then you put 50 bucks on it for the five hours. So customer service, five hours, 50 bucks. 
basically what you're doing is, is doing this for everything, right? So redoing a listing might be a thousand dollar task. Getting coaching is probably a $10,000 task because that's, that's helping you understand how to increase the value of your business. You know, maybe if you had a one hour talk with a, with a mentor on how to inc- improve your business, you just, you just basically made $10,000 for your business that week, because that will probably grow your business more than anything else that you did that week. And think of it as a value of that project to the business, right? So don't think about how fast you get results or how many things you get done in a day. It's about what actually is impactful for your business. Then you add up all that time you spent and how much it brought back to your business or will bring back to the business and the life of that business, right? Say you spend 10 hours on $10 tasks and two hours on the $100 tasks. That's $320 you put back in the business. Doesn't sound like very much, right? So if you're just only doing the stuff that needs to get done and you're not planning or getting help or understanding what the big impacts are, then you're just kind of basically maintaining a very low value business. If you outsource the $10 task and spend $2 on a $100 task, eight hours on a $1,000 task and two hours on a $10,000 task, that's $28,000 worth of value back into the business. Over time, it will come back. So leveraging your time and energy on high impact tasks sees more value coming back into the business time and time and time again. So think about if you did that every single week, get the urgent stuff done, but get the big stuff done. That's the where you need to spend more of the time, right? Get the other stuff outsourced. Then your business will be more valuable and you'll be able to grow it and you'll actually be able to make that money with less time that you spend. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because um, I think when people have got a lot of products, they've got a lot of stuff on their plate like we've been talking about. Um, the first reaction, and I totally get it, is, oh, I don't want to analyze my business, right? It's like, it's like, it's the thing you don't want to do because you're focused on the sales, okay? Or you're focused on getting that customer email sorted out, or you're focused on, you know, tinkering around with your listing, tweaking it or whatever with new keywords. That's what you think you should be focused on. But if you actually do that based on the value that you're going to get back to your business, that is, this is a very clear example of you being able to then go, right, if I actually analyze my business, I just focus my effort on maybe the five products versus the 20 I've got in the marketplace um, that are actually going to bring the most opportunity. And then I optimize my listing. I doubled the sales through the conversion and then I sent relevant traffic, which would probably double or triple the sales even further. That's when you start to get leverage in the business. And that's exactly what we're talking about right now. You listening to this podcast, even though we can't literally physically sit down with you and go through your business, although we can obviously through our coaching, but just even listening to this and implementing some of this stuff, you will get $10,000 back in your business. If you actually sat down and did this for your business yourself and figured out, exactly which products are worth it and which products are ready to be binned, right? Or, you know, taken around the back and shot (laughs) or whatever, right? So that's kind of the kind of decision-making that you need to do to be able to um, get that leverage in your business. So we can't really stress this enough. Um, The analysis part can be a pain in the butt, but it's a $10,000 task that you should be doing in in your business. And the more you understand that, um, and the more you actually implement it, not just understand it, but implement, then you're going to get massive value back in your business. So I think we've used this example a couple of times, but one of our clients, Jeffrey, Isaac did this with him, sat down with him, went through his business. He had 50 products. He was doing $20,000 of sales per month, went through this process, focused on seven that were going to bring him the biggest impact. And he grew to $100,000 in sales in two months. 
by literally just following this process, right? So that's how valuable it can be for you and your business to be able to do that. So like we said, if you've got more than five products, less than $10,000 income per month, that's the income back in your pocket, you're overcomplicating your business and you've got a leaky bucket of time, energy and money. So to start to overcome this, don't look to grow by doing more. Look to plug the leaks and get the stuff off your plates and focus on the tasks that bring you the more time, energy and money, not just the money, right? (laughs) Because that's when you start to build this Frankenstein monster. So number one, be clear on your income goals. Be sure that you actually want that income and make sure that you understand that it, what it's going to do for you in your life and that you really want that thing, right? Because you've got, you could be going in the wrong jungle, like we said earlier. Choose the products then that meet the income goal and make sure that, that you've got a brand that you're building and not just random products. Launching variations is not new product development. It's actually just another thing that you're chasing and hoping that it's going to, it's going to cross your fingers and hope it's going to make, bring you money. Benchmarks and strategies for conversion and then traffic. So that 20% at least conversion, and then also 50 to 100 sessions per day. Then become an an on Amazon master marketer, not an off Amazon shiny object chaser. And spend your time and energy on the high impact activities for the biggest leverage in your business. Yeah. And and I know we talk about that variations thing about, you know, Steve Jobs coming back to Apple and ditching like 80% of their products. I think it's even funnier the story after that, when when Nike came to them, when they got a new CEO after Phil Knight stepped down, the new CEO came to uh, Steve Jobs and said, what should I do in the business? And the first thing that Steve Jobs said to him was cut all the crap out. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, you've got way too many variations. You've got way too much stuff that doesn't sell. Cut that all out. And he was just like blown away. He's like, you're saying to get rid of like half of my products. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is, it's good advice from some of the best minds in business. It's not just us saying this. And, you know, Tim Ferriss actually talks about it in his book for our work week. It's, it's a, an example of why you shouldn't be doing these things, but you just don't want to take the advice, right? It's good advice. Take it. And remember, now that you're actually armed with this information, it's your job to implement it into your business. So that way you can grow your business through action. That's the key, right? Grow your business through action. And guys, if you want to get some free training on what it takes to have a successful business to feel your lifestyle, go to www.goteamreal.com to download our free training today. And we'll see you next week for the next Bridge to Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.